Hey, welcome to Radiant Teen Life, where we talk about girl problems and the importance of staying physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy through your teen years. Introducing your host, Life Coach Gina Faber. All right, welcome and thank you for being here. Today's episode is going to be the most important episode I think I'm going to share with you guys. It's about overwhelm. Overwhelm, whether you're in your middle school years, whether you're a teen, whether you're a parent, overwhelm is really taking us by storm. When I'm in my coaching sessions, when people are in crisis, they are running a pattern of thinking that creates overwhelm. Now, let me explain. Overwhelm is when you start to think about all of the things that you have to do. It's a stacking of problems or a stacking of demands whether it's pressures you've put on yourself or other people's pressure that they've put on you. And when you max out, so when you have something like five, six, seven, or more things that are pressures on you, your brain goes into overwhelm because your frontal cortex can only handle something between five and seven things at a time. And so if there's anything more than that, it kind of goes like, you have too many windows open on your computer and it kind of freezes and slows things down. And so today I'm going to teach you how to reboot, how to refresh and how to get those things functioning so that you can start taking action. I got a lot of stuff going on in my life as well. And so I've applied these strategies so that I can handle running a business, running a non-for-profit, taking my kid to her lessons, coaching parents and all the other things that come up, you know, sick parents, I breed dogs. We have a litter of puppies right now. And so all kinds of things are coming up and there are things that become urgent and important. And there's things that are important, but not urgent. And when we get into the state of overwhelm, there that tends to be all kinds of things that are important. And if we don't take action on them, if we stay stuck in overwhelm, what happens? We end up feeling anxious because we can't take action. We're overwhelmed. We don't even know where to start. And so I ask you, think about what do you do when you're overwhelmed? Where do you go? What action do you take or what action do you not take? Do you go for a walk? Do you start flipping on social media? Do you go to Netflix? Do you go back to bed? What do you do when you're overwhelmed? Most of us, when we get into overwhelm, we do something that provides comfort and doesn't create solutions. Okay, so I'm going to teach you how to monitor or manage that today. Secondly, if we don't take action, if we don't manage overwhelm, and we do some of those things that provide comfort, there's this little niggling in the back of your mind or in your gut that the problems that you have are getting bigger. Okay, and so what happens? We develop anxiety about these things that we have, we have to handle, all the pressures that we have. And so now it's not just the stacking of negative events or pressures that we have. Now it's the contemplating of the what if this gets worse. And that's where anxiety really takes shape and becomes a habit because we get stuck in overwhelm where we can't find our way out of that paper bag of to take the first couple of steps. And then we start focusing on all of the consequences of not taking action. And we start feeling the consequences of not taking action. The pressures get bigger the intensity rises, you know, the sense of urgency is now really important. Maybe we've let other people down. Maybe we're feeling like 
you know, things are slipping, like our marks are slipping, or we were late getting that in, or we should have followed through, we should have texted that person back. And now we're starting to feel the consequences of that. And that doesn't feel good, because that's not who we are. That's not how we want to show up. But here's where it gets even more detrimental, even more complex, is once we start feeding that cycle of overwhelm that leads to anxiety, we develop this feeling like we can't break through, like we can't really solve this problem, becomes more of a mountain than we can handle. And as a result of that, we end up forming identities. So we end up forming this story or a belief that I'm just not good at doing those things. I just can't manage my emotions. Anxiety takes over and I can't push through or I buckle under pressure or I don't have the willpower or I always procrastinate. And these stories are just ideas of how you've behaved in the moment when you felt overwhelmed or in those moments that you felt anxious. But I think for the most part, it's because you didn't have a strategy to break through overwhelm or to rid yourself of the stress that was needed to take those first couple of steps to shift that whole process. So I don't know why nobody teaches this because I think as teens and as young adults, as tweens or anybody for that matter, we need strategies to overcome overwhelm because, hey, when you're a young adult, what do you got? You got school pressure, you've got peer pressure, you've got, you know, crushes and awkward conversations, you've got maybe your first job, you've got the pressures of your parents asking you to be more responsible, you've got body changes and hormones and acne and, you know, all kinds of ideas, all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of expectations, all coming up at the same time. So it's no wonder to me that a lot of teens feel overwhelmed and that leads to anxiety. What is surprising to me is that no one's taught them a strategy. So if you want a strategy for overcoming overwhelm, here we go. First and foremost, I want you to think about it. When we're overwhelmed, it's, as I mentioned, it's a stacking of things and it's a disorganization of these things. So I want you to think about a deck of cards. So imagine you had a deck of cards and you laid them all out on the table and you had to memorize or or think about all of these cards. You had to sort of identify all the cards in a deck. If you just laid them out randomly, it would feel like a lot. But if we found a way to organize those cards into groups, let's say we had all the aces together, all the twos, all the threes, you could see that there was some organization there. And that would group it into, what is that, 12, 13 groups. What we could also do is organize them into suits. And if we organize them into suits, that breaks it down even further into just four groups. Now, if I asked you to think about, and I just gave you an example of that, of how many groups are there from ace to king, I didn't even know. But if you told me group it down into suits, I know there's just four. So I know I can handle four. Your brain can only handle five to seven groups. So if you ask me to record the organization of just four groups, I got it. It's simple. It's how the best memorizers, it's how the most strategic thinkers work. In fact, when you see someone that's really advanced in their thinking, they have a way of grouping things to organize them so that they can think about them clearly in each of the groups. So when you're feeling 
overwhelmed, the first thing to do is to think about how can I manage these things in groups? And you're trying to group everything into sections, probably four or five groups, maybe seven if you things are really out of control. But let's say we got things grouped down into about four groups. And let me explain. Let's say you have chores to do at home. You got to clean your room. You've got an assignment due. You've got to study for exams. You've got a work commitment. You've got a friend's birthday. And you've got this friend group um, of texts that are going on and some miscommunication. And some people are a little bit upset. You got that you got to deal with. And your brother's being a pain in the butt. And he's kind of getting under your skin. You got all those things happening all in the same day. So you're feeling overwhelmed and you know, I got to study for my test, but all these other things are happening. Number one, we got to group it. So we're going to make a list of all the things that are bothering you. And then we're going to put them into groups. So I just told you the list. What are the groups? We got schoolwork. We got friends. We got home expectations and we got our job expectations. Okay, so four groups. Let me go, okay, those are the four groups. We just kind of organized it. Now we have to think, what is most important? Out of all those four things, what are the most important things that we got to handle? Now, some things are going to be easy to handle or that require the least amount of thought or the least amount of effort or maybe the least amount of time. And usually, not always, but usually those things are the things that capture our attention, the things that get our time and that prevent us from actually taking action on the things that are really important. So if you gave me that list, I would assume that your exams and your assignments are, are your number one priority. So you go, okay, that's something that needs to be handled and it needs to be handled today. Now, what about these other things that are important too? Well, let's see if we can negotiate or we can delegate or we can organize these things so they're perhaps not as demanding and perhaps not the first things that we go for. So after we've made that list and we've grouped them into things, we begin to prioritize. And as we prioritize, we go, okay, the most important thing here is my exams. So I'm going to put that into my cal. I'm going to say, I need four solid hours for my exams. I got to clean my room at some point. And I got to text my friends at some point about this problem. And I got to call in to work and I'm going to ask if I can switch a shift with someone. Okay. For those four hours to be in the zone, how can I get there? Can I settle some of these things? Can I negotiate with my parents to clean my room tomorrow? Can I have a conversation with my brother or my friends to say like, hey, I'm offline for a couple of hours. I'll get back to you guys so that I can completely you know, be in the zone for studying. Or do I need to handle that right now and promise myself that I'm only going to give it 10 minutes? or 15 minutes, because I have to create a boundary there, a deadline, so that I have the time that I need for my priorities, okay? So it's make a list, group that list, decide what's most important. Don't get hooked by what's easy, unless you can get it cleared off your plate and out of the way in like 10 or 15 minutes. And then make a decision to get into the zone. And when you get into the zone, you're just starting, just start to take action. You're like, okay, now that I've got that out of the way and I've you know, set some boundaries and I've been clear, I'm gonna clean my desk. I'm gonna get out my textbook. I'm gonna pop up that program. I'm gonna start going through my notes. 
And again, you can use this strategy of chunking to really organize your thought process while you're studying. You can think of the different modules, the different aspects that you need to focus on. And if you can bring it into four or five groups of things, it's going to be easy for you to keep in the zone and stay out of overwhelm. All right. Now I keep saying getting into the flow or getting into the zone. What does that mean? When your brain is focused on one thing, okay, like studying for my science exam, you can get into the zone where time disappears. Now, I know we'd prefer to have time disappear painting or playing music or, you know, working out or being with our friends, but being in the zone is how your brain begins to absorb information, it begins to learn, and it functions on all cylinders. So if you can be focused on one thing, it's similar to the brainwaves of meditation. It's your, it's your genius zone. You know, if you talk to anyone who's really great at, you know, academically or strategic thinking, they get into the zone and they're focused on one thing and one thing only. They don't have their Snapchat, you know, buzzing away. They're not listening to um, Netflix in the background. They're not trying to do two or three things, you know, at once. They're not in a coffee shop with all kinds of distractions while they're studying, unless they're really good at complete tunnel vision while they're there. Okay. They, they reduce the distractions and they get into the zone and they start to dive in. And it's not just that you're being quiet and focused. It's that a part of your brain, your subconscious or unconscious, is responsible for learning and absorbing information and creating and allowing you to memorize or remember and put together these things. So the sequence of events that allow you to really fully create learning. So when you're in the zone, learning is stimulated and absorbed. So you get into that test later, you're going to be able to recall information far easier because you were in the zone while you were studying. Okay. Now the zone doesn't have to just be in studying. It could be you're in the zone doing your workout. You're in the zone practicing a sport. You're in the zone playing your guitar. You're in the zone being with a friend, connecting with them, right? Any of those things are important. If you're not fully present, you're giving your, you're splitting yourself. You're splitting your focus. And in, when you split your focus several times, that develops overwhelm especially if there's pressure, if there's intensity, if there's expectations. So let's review real quick. You're going to make a list. You're going to group those things into a list. You're going to prioritize what's most important and know that you're going to take action on the things that are most important. You're going to create a plan or a schedule. So you're like finding the time to make that happen. And if there's other things that are important and need attention, but aren't as much of a priority as those big things, then you're going to make time for it, but you're going to be really careful about how much time you make for it. And you're going to just start taking action. Sometimes just taking one foot in front of the other or opening your book or turning on your computer and pulling things up. Once you've got your brain organized with those chunks is all you need to begin taking action. If you allow yourself into overwhelm without having any of those things set up, you might end up just sitting there staring at a blank screen, or you might try to push yourself, but it's not landing. It's not being absorbed because there's too many other things rattling around in your brain. All right. So I'm going to send you off to practice that 
If you have questions, there's always the what ifs. Sometimes we have tons of things that are a priority. Sometimes we don't know how to balance that. Feel free to shoot me an email. I coach people all the time on how to make sense of some of these things or how to group it even more specifically. If you need help, I'm here for you. All right. Take care. And I hope that was helpful. Catch you on another episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, check out some of our other episodes and follow us on social media. We have a website linked in the description. Make sure to take a look. Thanks again. Until next time.